0: There are many wonderful people adding to the positive outlook of a backcountry and hunting lifestyle. Our goal is to join them in promoting that outlook. Welcome to the Backcountry Dreaming podcast, where we share stories, tips, and tactics of backcountry pursuits. Right, guys well we're back it's joe and myself brian here we are coming at you joe is going to share on his montana elk hunting
1: expeditions that he's <laughs> <laughs> that he's been yeah. on for the past couple months couple bomber trips that i took yeah awesome yeah. so so this year i headed out again for archery elk in montana the same week i went the fall or the year before um this year was a little different, though. I had uh, a buddy who was doing the Grand Slam of Ultra Running, and for you that, for those of you that aren't aware of what that is, it's four of the oldest hundred mile races in one summer. So he started out with Western States in California in June, and then um, went to Vermont. In July, I went with him to Leadville in Colorado in August, and then in September, he had to do the Wasatch 100 in Utah. Holy, buckets. so and in Utah, he <laughs> he had no help. Um, beside he had some family coming down and stuff, but no real experienced ultra runners coming out there with him, and so he was going to be on his own for the most part. In that race, you can have a pacer for 54 or 55 miles, something like that. So, um he was really hoping I could get out there, and I found a way to make it work. And to make it work with work, family, everything else, what I did is I left home Thursday night at, uh, what the heck time did I leave? Like six o'clock, and drove straight through, got to Wyoming, and took a two hour nap in a parking, in a rest stop and then drove straight over to park city utah which is altogether an 18 and a half hour drive oh man um <laughs> got there <laughs> met himself. yep got there met his family had a couple hours to kill so we went and got some food and then i went up and changed and we went and met him and i jumped in with him at around five o'clock uh thursday uh friday friday evening and um Jumped in with him and went 46 miles with him through the Wasatch Front, which is nasty, hard running trails. Um, mm. Very steep. Utah has some funny ways of doing things. And one of the really weird things I found is they don't believe in switchbacks. Okay. But everything was straight, straight up. Straight up. Straight down. <laughs> and it. And it's the straight down that really killed me. But yeah, so I went out with him for 18 hours. Um finished up with him. I passed him on to his sister in law. They had roughly nine miles left to go. Um I knew he was gonna finish, so I said, All right, bud, I'm gonna take off, I'm gonna go grab some food and I'm gonna drive straight up to my spot. So I I jumped in my truck, his dad brought my truck up to where he met us, um, went and got some quick, fast food and felt way more awake after I ate that. So I said, Screw it, I'm gonna drive till I get tired, and if I need to take a nap, we'll take a nap. Well, I ended up making the eight or ten-hour journey. It was supposed to be an eight-hour journey, but ten-hour journey north because um, I missed one of my turns and took a took a shower at a Flying J and nice. got to my spot at eleven thirty at night. And I was just about to the point of hallucinating. Um, <laughs> I realized afterwards, doing the math, I spent sixty-four hours awake with two hours of sleep at one point in there. Oh man. So I was, Holy buckets. I was running on empty. So I got up to my spot, just parked my truck, slept in my truck, got up the next morning to hunt, went up to a spot where I, I know the elk like to be. And in the past have had good luck in that spot. Um, climbed up to my glassing spot. Wasn't seeing much happening about nine o'clock rolled around and I had moved to another spot. I sat down to glass and literally just passed right out, fell asleep. <laughs> Woke up 45 minutes later, still tired, moved around, ate some food, hunted some more, um, fell asleep some more, didn't have an opportunity at all that first day, heard a couple bugles far off down on private, Um, I'm hunting national forest, BLM, state land, whatever public property that I can get into, Um, and just not seeing a lot of action, and right away in the hunt, I just had this feeling like this isn't going to happen this <laughs> Something's year. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. <laughs> and, you know, and then I go into town. I went into town a couple days later, and everybody I talked to, the outfitters, the sporting goods stores, gas station clerks, people at the gas station, every single person, when you'd ask them, how's it been going? You know, you've been seeing much, whatever. Everybody's response was, it was, u- it was uniform throughout. It was always. It's really quiet out there. Huh. Nobody was seeing elk. Nobody was getting opportunities. Um, I know there's guys that have that did kill them. You know, I don't need a bunch of people sending me messages saying, "Well, I got mine." But <laughs> well, yeah, I know there's guys that were killing them, but it just wasn't the normal year that you'd normally see. Yeah. Um, the elk just weren't turned on yet. You know, calling didn't do much good at all. Um, I saw. Multiple bachelor groups of bulls. I saw multiple cows and calves walking around on their own. You know, they weren't quite herded up yet. Um, just wasn't what I hoped. Yeah. So I think it was the third day I went out. I uh, hiked up into my spot, got on my glassing point, watched the elk, was seeing elk. Um, there was some elk bugling down at the bottom, about three miles from where I was. And so I started to make my way over there. Um, thinking, you know, I probably won't get in there today, but maybe I can get into that area, get a better feel of what's there and then try for it in the morning. On the way there, I had, uh, I made the biggest mistake that people tell you not to make. And, and I'm aware of it now. And I just, I was, I don't know if I got cocky or what, but I was blowing out elk trying to get to elk. Okay. I, I got to the bottom of this line and started following it up and all of a sudden I seen a coyote run out in front of me, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool, you know, let's see where he goes, and I sat there and watched for a minute, and never saw him again, so I started walking again, and the bulls are still bugling, you know, miles away, and I'm like, I'm gonna just keep on moving, I'm gonna get there. Well, I get up past this one area where the elk like to come up, and I get to a The top of this hill, and I finally like stopped to take a breather, turn around, and there's a herd that was coming up, and they saw me and just blew out. Oh man! Literally, if I was five minutes later, they would have jumped that fence and been right in front of me because I was watching the walk of the line, basically. (laughs) So after that, I'm just like, what the heck, you know? It's and I I was, to be honest, I was pissed at myself and pissed at the elk and just pissed because <laughs> i'm like Man, the world I've been, <laughs> I've been gone a lot i've been doing all this and now i'm screwing this up and yeah whatever so i i kept on going and got over to closer to the area i wanted to be and ended up blowing out some more elk over there but that wasn't I mean, that wasn't too much of a surprise they were in the dead and down and there's no way to sneak through there quietly and you know, it is what it is and so i left that area and Got out of there that night and went into town and saw some friends just to try to regroup and reset, I guess. Um, And that night I was talking to friends and, you know, I'm like, I think I'm going to go down to that bottom first thing in the morning or maybe hike in there in the afternoon and stay the night or whatever. and. Like, yeah, you know, you can give it a try. It's hard to sneak in on them there and just be careful of the dead and down on the way there. There's always elk in there and whatever. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, I got it. Don't worry. Well, the next day I go out day four (laughs) and I hike down, hunt one area, no luck. I think I saw, yeah, I saw a couple elk, but they're way out. Um, Never got close to anything deer i saw plenty of deer and whatnot but are you seeing any other people no not okay. not at this point the spot that i wanted to hunt the first day yeah that whole road was covered with cars Wow, camps you know camps with four or five cars and um camps <laughs> with multiple tents campers you know whatever it was busier this year than it was last year wow um so <clears throat> i go into my spot and go hunt it and uh Actually, I should say that night (laughs) when I was sleeping up on the state section, there's a nice little ridge that somebody had kind of flattened out for a campsite, cleared out all the rocks, put a fire pit there and everything. And so I'm like, I'll just stay here for the night. This is nice. Yeah. Sheep herder was below me and his dogs were literally running loops all night, coming to my tent and barking. Wow. And I'm... Was a, a guy thousand, grazing sheep there? Yeah, I'm a thousand yards from the sheep because there's a little private section right there. Okay. But his dogs are running up into the national forest, into the state land. And I'm like, this is really screwing stuff up. <laughs> so, no kidding. That next morning, I hunt, don't see anything. That afternoon, I find a different access, a way to get to that spot that I wanted to get to that's a little closer. So, I park my truck down there and get out and pack up my bag for the night. Um, I'm sitting there watching the weather in my truck and it's starting to pour, starting to storm really bad. and I'm like, well, you know, do I wait it out? Do I jump in now? What do I do? And I kind of waited it out and then I talked to a buddy and he said, yeah, it looks like it's going to clear out by like three o'clock. So three o'clock rolls around. I've got two miles to hike in, so that gives me plenty of time. And three o'clock rolls around, and I jump out of the truck and start hiking. I get about halfway there, and the wind just starts blowing again. I'm like, Jesus, here we go again. And I, <laughs> I I backed up to the biggest pine tree I could find and just kind of hunkered down and waited it out. That went away. Well, little did I know, that was, that was a baby compared to what was coming. There was a big cold front coming. Oh, man. It had been, you know, 70 degrees during the day, 75 some days, and, you know, High 40s, low, well, I shouldn't say high 40s, mid 40s, low 40s at night. It had been pretty decent weather. Yeah. Well, I keep going. I get to my spot where I want to set up my tent, and as soon as I get there, it just starts, like, the skies opened up, and it started pouring. The wind started blowing again. And so I grabbed my rain fly out of my pack quick and just kind of tied it up in some trees and hunkered down and waited it out. And then then it started to die off a little bit. I'm like, all right, cool. I'll just set up my tent really quick, get everything inside, keep it dry. I'm running a down bag, you know, all that stuff you got to worry about. So I kind of rush over and get my tent up really quick, get everything in it. And then it starts sleeting and it starts, then it starts throwing down like hail, like ice, I'm like, what the heck? So, <laughs> I get in my tent. I'm like, there's nothing I can do but wait it out. My pants are soaked. My feet are soaked. You know, everything's wet. So, I get in my tent and kind of warm up. Get my bag and just wait it out. And I sit there for an hour. And I think it was about 5:30. The elk start bugling again. The wind starts dying down. And these elk are 200 yards from me, from my wow. tent. So I'm like all right, I got to get up and get out there. And so I got up and got out there, hiked up in there. As soon as I started hiking in the woods, I'm not even, you know, I'm 150, yeah, 150, 175 yards from them. They just went dead silent huh. and I get up to where they are and see where, or where they were, see all their sign and everything. And as I'm coming to this spot, I'm glassing them from the other side of this big open basin and just watching them. And there's three bulls in there. One of them's, I'd say all of 320, another one's probably a 300-inch bowl, and the other one's 340 or bigger. Oh, wow. Big bowls, and they don't get touched because to access this, and this is a little shout-out to Onyx, to access it, there's one little section that's maybe 100 yards wide Okay, that's still national forest. Okay. Otherwise, if you veer off that, you're on private land. Okay. So nobody really bothers going over there. Mm. Well, I get over there and- of course, they shut up, and I hunt them and bugle a couple times, nothing. So I get back down, and I try to start a fire. And literally, everything is so wet from that storm that I can't get anything to go. And I'm trying to start a fire just to dry out my shoes and socks because they're completely soaked. Yeah, and can't get anything to go. And I'm standing barefoot on a rock for about <laughs> an hour, and I'm getting little fires going, but I can't keep them going. And finally, I just screw it. I'm got to give up. So I go to my tent get all my stuff in my vestibule, all my wet clothes kind of like up elevated off the ground, onto stuff, get in my bag, go to sleep. I wake up in the morning, everything is frozen solid.
0: Oh man. My tent
1: zipper for the vestibule was frozen. <laughs> I had to heat it up to open it. Oh. My 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 bow was laying on top of my pack in the vestibule, and the vestibule fly was kind of leaning onto my bow. There's solid ice on top of my bow from the vestibule. Oh, man. My shoes were frozen solid. My socks were frozen solid. My pants were frozen solid. And I'm just like, what, the, what <laughs> am I supposed to do here? And yeah. the elk aren't bugling. You know, it's pretty quiet up there. So I finally, I get out and just barefoot inside my shoes, just start tiptoeing around. There's a frost everywhere just to warm up my shoes to thaw because I couldn't even untie them. Yeah. And as I'm doing that, I find an old cabin. An old, like, trapper's cabin, log cabin, fireplace built into it. You know, <laughs> literally, like, 1800s cabin. Yeah. And I'm always creeped out when I see that kind of stuff. I know. But, I
0: get, yeah, that's crazy.
1: But it was a time of desperation. So I went in there, and I see the fireplace. I'm like, well, already it's warmer in there. All the windows are completely busted out. There's no door on it. And I'm like, you know find what I can, get a fire going, yep. just warm up, dry this stuff out. So I finally got a fire going. I spent about three hours in that cabin, just drying everything out, got a roaring fire going, felt much better about everything. So I hike up, <clears throat> back up to where the elk are. And it's up this steep, nasty, like boulder slide hill that you got to get up to. And then it's kind of flat at towards the top. Yep. And that's where the elk are always at. They sit up on that ridge. They can see anything coming. Yeah. And they sit up on that ridge. Well, I get up in there and I'm moving as silent as I can and whatever. And I'm smelling elk and I'm seeing fresh poop everywhere. And at one point I see steam coming up and I'm like, oh, there's an elk be- bedded behind that log. And then I'm looking around every log steam's coming up because oh. the sun was hitting it. <laughs> so I'm like, damn it. <laughs> so, I, uh, so I keep going down the trail and, you know, I'm getting to the point where this private or this public starts to come to a little point where i can't go any further and i'm really smelling elk and i'm like i can't go much further i'm gonna try to bugle see if anything reacts yep. actually, yeah actually a cow called see if anything reacts i cow called and then i turned around and the elk just took off they are 40 yards from me Jeez. never even saw them couldn't see them because they were below a little ridge so I'm like, all right, screw this spot, yeah. <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> and I left that spot and this was day five and I left that spot and I got in my truck to go to a different area and I texted my wife as I was coming up like, I think I'm going to come home early tomorrow morning. I think I'm going to head home. Um, I said, I don't, I don't know if I'm even going to hunt or no, this is, yeah, this is day five. I said, I don't even know if I'm going to hunt this evening. I might just head home now. And then I looked at my watch and I'm like, it's only Friday. I'm going to hunt tonight. So I texted her back and said, I didn't realize what day it was. I'm going to hunt tonight and then I'll I'll head home sometime tomorrow. So I, I ended up going over to a spot that I hunted last year. The spot that was just riddled with trucks and campers and whatever. Yep. And the spot I wanted to hunt was, had three tents at it, at the trailhead, and then a wall tent off to the side. There's six trucks there. And this is one gulch. Like there's nothing else to hunt there. Mm. And it's just getting littered with people. So I'm like, well, screw that. I'm not going to go there. So I got up to the next one and you got to drive down this trail about a half mile till you get to like the trailhead. And I'm driving down that trail and I'm thinking to myself this whole time, there better not be anybody down here. Better not <laughs> be anybody down here. <laughs> Luckily I get down there and there's nobody down there. Nice. And, um, so I parked my truck, load up. And I go out on an ounce of hope. Literally, like, I'm just like, I'm done. This sucks. Yep. This is the worst year I've ever seen. Like, you know, whatever. Um, I hike down the trail. It's about a mile and a half. And I'm smelling elk the whole way down. There's nothing below me because it's a deep basin that's got willows and a creek at the bottom, a spring creek at the bottom. Okay. So nothing's really hanging out down there. And then on the other side, it's so steep. It's like a wilderness area where it's just clear. Yeah. There's no trees growing on it. And then on the side that I'm on, it's dark timber. So I can't see up in there. Um, it's pretty thick. It's really steep. So if they're anywhere, they're out in the top. So I'm just hiking through. I bugle a couple times. Um, ended up having an emergency bathroom break where I cut the sleeves off. My, I think it was my Yano long sleeve. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I had some bad, I had some bad stomach issues out there. Not like that. It was the opposite. I was constipated like the whole time I was out there. It was oh, bad. Oh um, So when the opportunity arose, I have to take it. Had yeah. So, <laughs> so I get up and I hike up and that was about half mile in. I hike up the rest of the way. I get to the top. I'm like oh man this is cool up here. It's a small little basin, green grass right above a spring. Um really nice. On the other side it's kind of the mountain kind of peaks out and there's a plateau and it's all meadow. Okay. Like nice brown grass meadow. And then over the back side it's uh probably like a 10 no, not 10. I'd say 5 year old burn. So it's still pretty clear. Okay. Um so it's a really nice area. And I get up there and I get behind a little bit of cover and I take a leak really quick. I'm trying to decide what to do if I just keep going or if I just head back to the truck, head into town, have some beers with buddies and then go home. Um, I get done taking a leak and a bugle blows Mm. and he's within a hundred yards of me, easy. So I quick grab my bugle and I bugle back. Um, he chuckles and I chuckle back and you know, Chuckle can mean a lot of things, but a lot of times like that early in the season, it means, "Hey, bud, yeah. <laughs> let's be friends." You know, yeah, who yeah. are you? Let's <laughs> meet. Let's shake hooves. Yeah, you know, it's, it's <laughs> okay. nothing. They're not looking for a fight. They're not looking to blow you off. their herd. They're. It's just, hey, buddy, how yeah, are you? So yeah. I'm like, well, he's interested. So I kind of get ready, and I'm looking around, and I can't see anything. Finally, I see him, and he's a he's a freaking toad really he's he's a good bull a public land bull for this area that's getting hammered like this he's a monster but anywhere he's a good bull Mm. um so he steps down and i watch him bugle one more time and then he kind of goes down you guys can't see my hands but he kind of goes down (laughs) and works at an angle and there's a group of trees there his head gets behind the group of trees but i can see his body and i've got a shot um and I'm thinking to myself, he's too far. I'm, he's coming. So I'm going to bugle one more time. Then I'm going to close the distance and let him come in. So I blow a bugle one more time and chuckle back. And then I run down to these trees. Well, not run, but I sneak down to these trees. And on the way there, take another tree and kind of scrape it. And then get down to this tree in the center of this basin to where, where his trees that he's hiding behind are probably like 35, maybe 40 yards. Um and there's one opening that I think he's going to take, which would be 20 yards. Okay. Um, so I'm thinking, all right, he's going to, he's going to come because he chuckled back. Well, he got behind those trees, he chuckled one more time. I couldn't respond because I was too, I felt like I was too close to him that if I responded, he'd go peek his head around the tree and go, yeah, that's not an elk. I'm out of here. Yeah. So I just stayed quiet. He chuckled one more time. And then the, he sat quiet for I don't know 30 seconds. The wind swirled and I heard him take off. Shoot. And I'm like, dang it, you know. But I left that that night I hiked around some more and stuff. My entire perspective changed. Yeah. Like that whole trip, I'm going, This sucks. Next <laughs> year I'm just going mule deer. Like I literally I'm like, I'm done archery elk hunting for a while. It's <laughs> that and bad, yeah. It was bad. And you know and i've talked to a lot of people talked to a guy that was in colorado the same time he shot an elk it was the second elk killed in that unit and it had been open for two weeks wow and um Mm -hmm. i talked to another guy down in wyoming throughout the trip same thing just you know they're bugling but they're not coming in or they're bachelored up or whatever just a weird year um I heard 10,000 different theories while I was in Montana. Oh, the eclipse hasn't happened yet or, you know, whatever, like all these different theories. And I'm like, I don't care what the answer is. I just wish it was different. Yeah, you know? it's just not good. Yeah. yeah. It it was really, really tough hunting. Um, yeah. Put on a lot of miles. Coming off of the running with my buddy, you know, I'm getting out to Montana and I think I was averaging eight to 10 a day. With at least 4,000 feet of elevation a day. Yeah. Um, You know, it was... I was putting in the work, but just wasn't getting... You mm. know, it wasn't getting what I expected. Yeah. One night I hunted one area um, where it's just thick and nasty. And I was going into the deepest, darkest holes I could <laughs> find. And coming up empty. I mean, mm. I came into one area where I found a bed that... I'm not shitting anybody. This bed's been used for five to ten years. Wow, it's worn down to gravel, and it's on the side of a mountain. And it's and there's like ten beds like that in that area. You know, tree rubs everywhere. And then I found a a triple wallow. It's three wallows. Right in line with each other. Wow. And every one of them's greened up and nasty from all the bacteria coming off the elk <laughs> and everything. And it's like, holy crap, this is elk heaven. Yeah. But to get out of there, it's 800 feet straight up, up a hill that I fell coming down one day and thought I busted my ass. Yeah. And it's straight up coming out of there. And then it's another mile to the truck on a slow uphill from there. And, you know, and I was willing, I'm like, screw it. If it takes me all day, I'll hike one out of there. Yeah. And I found out later there's been a grizzly in there. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. That kind of changed it a little bit, but yeah, I hunted that area. I hunted, you know, I hunted all kinds of different areas and just every one of them, same thing. Yeah. Just if you saw them, they saw you already, they're in the dead and down, they're in the thickest spot where you just can't get on them. Um, Wind never really cooperated besides that day that I called that bull in, Um, it's just, it was a frustrating hunt. Frustrating season. Yeah. Mm. And it was a lot of miles traveled, a lot of money spent Yeah, to get there. But, you I know. I was wondering, because I, I know we
0: talked about it and you said you had difficulties, but I was wondering, because I saw a lot of guys talking about having a difficult year. Yeah. I mean, of course, again, you know. Joe said, Don't need messages being like, Oh, I had a great year. It's yeah. awesome. Well, yeah. yeah, that happens. It's hunting. So that happens once in a while. But overall, it seemed like a lot of guys were like,
1: What in the world's going on? Well, I'm buddies with guides all over Montana and Colorado, and every one of them had the same thing to say. Yeah. That like, it just sure. wasn't, the, it wasn't a good year. And I talked to a guy tonight that was in Arizona in mm-hmm. one of the better units. It took him 17 years to draw this tag. Yeah. He said it was horrible. Yeah, and you know mm. it's it's just it is a weird year. I just don't know if I, I I don't know what the theory is or what the actual answer is, and I don't care. I just wish it was different. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, it just sucked. And yeah, you know, I had a couple buddies. I had one buddy kill an elk the day I left. Yeah. Um. I had another buddy. He killed one two weeks later, and two weeks later is when it really seems like it picked up. Um, I don't know if anybody follows Stone Glacier, but they do their little beer giveaway thing and you watch their stories. It was like two weeks later that people were bringing in elk left and right. Mm. So, wow. I, it was just, I don't know if it was just too early or whatever, but, um, that was that trip. I headed back <clears throat> this last week. I headed back for the opener for firearms general season. Um, and hunting out in Whitehall there. We've got some friends out there. We hunted their ranch and then some public land around there. And we did end up getting into some elk and getting some shots. And we did end up, I ended up shooting a calf. And then my brother got a cow. Um, my little brother missed a bull. My dad missed a bull. Oh, wow. Um, you know, guys was, had a lot of... Yeah, There was a, it was a lot more action at that trip, but it was not the same kind of trip. It's a lot different. Yeah. You know, you're, it's not. It's not roughing it yeah it's not roughing it, it's not for me and like i said in the other podcast you know i'm more of an introvert um i just get frustrated with people quick yeah, yeah <laughs> so yeah you know i just i was there's some things we could have done that nobody else was willing to do in order to get the elk um there's one spot they crossed almost every single morning and i said let's get up there in the dark yeah hike in get in that clearing there's a bunch of scrub trees around Let's get down bed down, wait for them things to come across in the yeah. daylight, and we'll all get milk, yeah, but nobody wanted to do it, you know, so <laughs> my little brother's all for it next year after the last day we saw him there, and yeah, my older brother is too, but yeah, it just wasn't the same, um to me, it's not as enjoyable, yeah, and then we we get that we come home and we we split up meat on that hunt, and we we go out there with five guys. You don't end up with much meat. Yeah. off A cow and a calf with five guys. Yeah. It's not enough. So, yeah, next year, hopefully it's a little different. Um, I enjoy that hunt with my family, but like I said, it's just not the same.
0: Yeah. I right. did
1: get to test out the Stone Glacier finally on a good pack out, um, on my brother's cow and my calf. And like, like you had said, you know, if they're loaded correctly, yeah fitted correctly. Yep. It makes a big difference. Um that archery hunt, I was just kind of slouching and just kind of like, oh, screw this. I'm not worrying about stuff and I'm carrying my pack around every day and I didn't have it quite fitted up right. Yeah. And it was fitting good, but it wasn't where it should have been. On this one, I really took my time getting everything set right and then when I got it loaded up with meat, same thing and um the last the one my brother shot that cow, I hiked out a hind quarter and all the scrap meat and then my gear <clears throat> and it wasn't a far pack out. It was probably three quarters of a mile or something like that, but man, it was awesome. <laughs> I, it rode so nice. We nice. got up closer to the gate too. Cause we were on public land. Once we got up closer to the gate, I actually started running. I ran the last 10th mile. I, th- I saw you on. put that on social media. And, That's crazy. Cause we were, we had one of the, one of the, the rancher's kid was out with us and I was like, I'll race you to the truck. And nah, I just took cool. off and yeah. it was, it rode awesome. Then when I shot my calf, I loaded that whole thing in my pack and nice. you know, it, it just, yeah, it was really nice. I was really happy about that. Um, one other thing I know we talked about that I got this year was that Razor HD spotter. Yep. The 1133. <clears throat> it's a really, really nice spotter, really small, compact, super light really light Um,
0: yeah and i'm I'm getting ready joe's letting me borrow it for south dakota yeah and it's so it's right here it's a
1: really cool piece of gear um you know if you're trying to spot a sheep or something like that obviously it's probably not enough but for where i hunt and stuff it's it's plenty spring Um, bear it'd be good spring bear yeah brian and i were talking about that spring bear it's 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 banner for that i mean it's perfect um because if you're just watching one area it's great for that um Let's see what else today. I, I switched the climate pad this year. Um did you? Did you mm-hmm. like that? I like it a lot. Yeah. It's super light, blows up, and they say 10 breaths, but that's if you're Goliath. Um yeah. but still I think it's like 12 or something like that to blow it up. <clears throat> but I'm a I I'm a side and a stomach sleeper. Thing was awesome. Look. I love that thing. Uh-huh. Um and I did I did actually pick up a bunch of Kafaru stuff this year. I got their sleeping bag or their uh compression bag or whatever. That was really nice. The uh the five string or whatever. Oh yeah,
0: five yeah, those are super nice. Yeah. The five string compression. And then I
1: grabbed one of their um little gear pouches or whatever, and that's where I keep my kill kit. Yep. Um and then the like we'd said before, the title. A Taito is a nice knife. It's so nice. You know, I I really like that. I like another knife I know we haven't talked much about that I really like. Brian and I have talked about it a bunch and he's seen it because I use it on my bear hunt too, is that I use a bearing made. um, They're Montana made, all hand done. Um, Even their production knives that they sell, they're all hand built. Yeah, they're Um, super nice. God, they're nice. Uh, they're really, really hard to beat. They make a really great product. And if you guys haven't seen them go on their Instagram page or go on YouTube, there's a really cool short film about them. Um, they do some really, really nice work and they stand by their product, which is important to us. Um, a couple other things I picked up, um, a couple more first light items I've gotten. Um, I did get the new of the Klamath hoodie or whatever because I really liked my quarter zip that I had and I like the Klamath hoodie a lot it's a little thinner than the quarter zip I want people to know that because when I ordered I was expecting like the same thickness yeah it's a little fleece isn't it yeah it's a fleece it's a little thinner but it's super nice super comfortable I like their fleece products a lot and I did pick up the furnace pants for whitetail hunting here I was telling Brian about them those things are freaking warm (laughs) yeah and they're like they fit like uh, they're a little little bit loose so they almost fit like not like sweatpants but a l- little tighter than sweatpants but i wear them around the house yeah, like yeah. when i'm cool that's cold, awesome. or one of those days where i've got a bone chiller i yep. just throw them things on and walk around
0: and that's what you actually want with a base layer mm-hmm. people don't understand you the idea of the super skin tight yeah. layer is actually i think not as efficient is when you have, like, a wool layer, like those first layer bottoms or the t- first light bottoms or the top that
1: there's a little air. Yeah, you want the, you... the airs, is what, where the insulating yeah. factor comes in as you need the pocket of air, and that's why, like, the insulation in your house isn't packed tight. Right, you know? right. Um, you know? <laughs> right. And so that's, point. that's, that's an important thing. Um, I did pick up the Viper HDs this year from vortex which i've really liked Yep. i got the 50s which is kind of overkill but i just thought i'll try them you know yeah they're a little heavy and a little bit big and i use the uh i use the vortex version of the alaska guide creations i don't know if it's the cub or what it is but the one with the pocket on the front and the two pockets on the side the zipper on the back all that stuff and the 50s are a little tight in there Mm -hmm. where when i pull them out they go and make a noise and I wasn't huge on that during the rifle hunt there was no wind or anything so super quiet out there so um but all in all I'm really impressed with those um trying to think what else um I think after this year I'm going to go back to boots oh yeah yeah I just need to find a boot that my feet don't sweat in Yeah. Which is going to be impossible.
0: Yeah. But if I can
1: find something that they don't sweat that bad in, I'll be happy with that because I just, I like hunting in shoes. I feel like I have enough support. The only issue is like that day when I got rained on and stuff, it just, that kind of sucked.
0: Yeah. Um, We should just start running moccasins. I know. (laughs) I know.
1: know. I'm going to do something. And that's the other fear I have with boots. Yeah. That's the other fear I have with the boots is just the noise. Yeah. Um. Cause like even my dad, when we were in Montana on this last trip, he's like, how are you so quiet? I pulled I've up my shoe. I'm like, i got on. super thin shoes yeah. on, man. Where are my Jordans. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. And, um, yeah. And then I, I've been shooting, I shot, uh, another product too, that I want to give a big shout out to. Cause they kind of, they let us kind of test their product a little bit and play around with it. And, um, at first I wasn't all for them, but then I tried them out some more and, Worked with them a little bit more and I shot a buck, I don't know, what was that three weeks ago or something like that something like here that, in yep. Minnesota and with a bone broadhead yeah. and that sucker came in. I wasn't even going to shoot, but uh, I drew just to get the practice and there's no way to let down on this deer because he's in the wide open and he's walking right to me and he's 16 yards away. I'm like, I'll test out these broadheads. And I put it quartering too strong. Yeah. And I hit him in the blade on the scalpula. There's everybody thinks of a scalpula as like a flat shoulder blade, but there's actually like a ridge on that shoulder blade yeah. of like strengthening bone. I shot clean through that. Then my arrow went clean through his scalpula. And then my arrow ended up burying burying all the way down to the fletching. And then when he ran it pushed the arrow down further, ended up coming out underneath him. And then when he fell, it slid his knee wide open. Yeah, when he we found it, it yeah.
0: I remember that. I thought, this is a testament to how sharp they are because they just passed through bone, through the whole body cavity. And then we came up on it and we thought, well, he crashed. He must have broke his leg. Yeah. But it was actually that that broadhead came out of his belly. And it was
1: a clean
0: cut. Yeah, and it and it severed his knee his like his knee yeah, joint yeah. and we thought he broke his leg and yeah. then on further investigation we're like wait a minute he cut his which the, obviously sorry guys this is super graphic but it was like that's what you want yeah. when you're killing an animal it needs to be graphic well, and, and it needs to be get the I, job done
1: brian and i were texting before i shot the deer and then afterwards and i texted him i'm like yeah i just shot a deer quarter and two strong shot him right in the shoulder the bone just crushed through you know no issues at all who knows how far he went. I saw him run about, you know, I thought 40 yards and Brian's like, you need any help? I'm like, Hey, might as well come out. Cause who knows what we're going to have for a blood trail. Well, I get down out of my stand and start walking over to my truck to grab a couple things. And I look over and and I see a patch like 25 yards, 30 yeah. yards from where I shot him. I'm like, I think that's a deer. And I pulled up my binoculars I'm like, pretty sure that's a deer, but I'll wait. So I went to the truck. Brian pulled up. We walked over there. And I said, look at this. <laughs> and I go, you think that's a deer? And he pulls up my binos. He goes, yeah, that's got to be a deer. <laughs> we walk over there. He's laying dead. And I was yeah, like, yep. holy crap. With like, blood
0: everywhere. Yeah, it
1: was a mess. Yeah, He was squirting. And yeah, so that bone broadhead, check him out. My hesitation on them, and Brian and I have talked about this a bunch, and and multiple other people that I've showed it to you too, is it's such a small head. It just doesn't look like much. No, and but, it's, it's rounded. It's got a weird shape, and yeah. it just doesn't look like it would do the trick. But it's the same thing with those copper bullets. You know, you hear guys talk about them, and I know on Meat Eater, they were talking about them recently, and they're like, just put it through the shoulder. You're not going to ruin a bunch of meat because the bullet stays together, and you're going to take them down. If you get a broadhead and a and a bow set up correctly yeah. for it, I mean, you could do that with with this too. And I think I'm gonna
0: if you let me borrow that one, I might take a couple of them to South Dakota. Yeah, just you should because you Joe could take the f-
1: one that I shot my buck with. Yeah, because only one little part of the edge rolled. Yeah, and if you just hit it with a file, you're good to go.
0: Yeah, that's probably what I'll do because it was he was saying that even just like accuracy wise too, and which is the biggest thing. Yeah and you know if if they're hitting where you want them to hit that's super important with a fixed blade anyway oh, yeah and the long single bevel which yeah. i've always loved the idea of
1: single bevel yeah. and the lungs on that buck were destroyed yeah gone there was nothing yeah and yeah so just just to kind of point that out because i think Jarrett, the guy that owns him is a really good guy i met him through bha and um just a really good guy and he he puts his money where his mouth is when it comes to his product and yeah. um it's a great product. So check those guys out. Give you know, give them a look on Instagram or whatever and maybe take a look at their website. They've got a lot of good information on tuning and everything on their website. So okay. um, Yeah. yeah. Cool. So I think that's about it.
0: Awesome. Well, cool. Well, guys, we hope you've enjoyed the last couple episodes. Like we said, we've got a lot going on and we're hoping to I've got South Dakota, Joel B rifle hunting here in Minnesota with family mm-hmm. and uh and then hopefully we're going to get back after some waterfowl a little yeah. bit and late season archery maybe, so we,
1: maybe some squirrels
0: squirrels for sure yep did some squirrel hunting this earlier this year and trying to get back after it but so we got a lot going on but we're going to try to keep bringing you some consistent episodes and have some more guests on but i think that's about it for yeah for this episode guys thanks again once again thank you for the support leave us a review uh, give us a a rating and let us know how we're doing and we're going to continue to try to bring you some good stuff so just want to share this journey with you hopefully you guys will be inspired to get back out there and get in the woods and get in the boat and wherever it is that you're going whatever you're doing on the trail whatever it might be just uh, um, continue to live that positive lifestyle being outdoors and and doing it the right way, so we'll see you guys on the next one. Original music for this podcast was created by Nakota Rankin. This podcast is edited, mixed, and mastered by Nakota Rankin.